And I look down and I'm literally standing in the middle of this little tiny rattlesnake like this big and he's hitting the side of my boot. Holy cow. Yeah. That is crazy. This guy freaks out. Oh, man. And it's a small world, but this guy works for Greg Casso, Apex Plumbing. Right. I go over and he's, that's Josh's uh, father-in-law. Okay. So it's a small world and this guy goes, you remember me? I go, no. And he goes, I was the guy fishing in front of you that freaked out when you, oh, when you smoked stepped that on rattle. that rattlesnake. Oh, and I man. go, yeah, buddy. And uh, he goes, man, I, I was, he goes, you didn't notice, but I was so freaked out that I literally picked up my stuff and left. And I go, yeah. He was that worried about snakes. Oh, yeah. You know, Wolf, then, Wolford, Wolford's got lots of yeah, snakes Yeah, they got tons the of lake. them around there. Yeah, that's good. Steve, good do you carry an emergency personal locator beacon? Like, what's your like emergency gear going? No, you know, and I've looked at them and places when you're, especially Utah or New Mexico, um, New Mexico especially, um, I, I I hunt the Gila uh, National Forest and, I mean, there are literally, I mean, 50 miles probably to the closest anything. And so when you're in places like that, cell phones don't work and... Um, yeah, it's a it's it's a great idea. I just have never done it, you know. I know other people who do, and it's probably just a good safety. It's a good idea to have, but uh, you might want to look into it, especially if you're going solo, you know. Well, I was in New Mexico. Uh, it's been about four or five years ago now, and I'm on actually a private ranch, uh, just some old rancher, and I I had seen turkey tracks, uh, kind of going down this old cattle uh, road, and. So I asked him, and he goes, "Yeah, I don't care. You know, they, most of these most of these areas you go to other states, it's all about big game. Yeah, they, turkeys. Yeah, you know, they you know they don't care. Right, turkey, it's a turkey. So I asked him if I could go turkey hunting in there. Yeah, no problem. And I'm I'm with my friend Cal Meyer, and and uh, Cal was kind of behind me, pretty good distance, and I'm walking an elk trail, and I had actually just. I think I'd seen some elk, or it was dark. I mean, we were going in by the moon. I found a roostery and trying to get as close as possible. And I'm walking along, and I had my head down so I could watch the trail. We had a bit of a moon, and so I'm watching the trail. And I don't know why I looked up, but I did. And here's a bear in full charge coming right at me. And I, I literally had no time to do anything other than just raise my hands and go, hey, as loud as I could. And this bear just comes to a screeching halt. Oh, man. About from here to your doors from me. I mean, like 20 feet. And my gun was across my back. So there was there was no, like, yeah, shooting no. it. I mean, it would have been on me in seconds. And uh, it just, and then Cal finally caught up to me and goes, what was that, a cow? I go, no, that was pretty much a bear. And oh, man. About that time, he comes walking out of the willows in front of us, about 75 yards, looks at us, and goes up the face of this mountain. And it was just, I mean, wow, what a wake-up call this morning. Well, yeah, and, what an experience. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's the only bear I've ever seen in the wild. And I hunt in bear country, places like that. Um, so you've never seen bears like Northern California, where you've been, even throughout your childhood? Nothing, huh? Never seen a bear in the wild. Really? My first bear encounter. I, you know, like everybody else, I see their tracks. In New Mexico, the area that I hunt turkeys there, um, is loaded with bears. Right, right. I, mean, I see sign all, all the, the time. time. I hunted, I uh, was pretty much raised in the Lake Isabella area as well. I had an uncle live there. My grandparents had property there. And my family spent a lot of time at Lake Isabella. And that place is lo- and like guys that want to get a bear tag. You know, we can't use dogs now. We can't, right. you know, any of that. If if a guy wanted to get a bear, I know where there's bears, and I uh, I just see the sign. And I think I think we could call him with a varmint call. Oh, you probably could. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. Is that legal? In. Huh? Is that legal? Can oh yeah, you, it is legal to call well, him in with a varmint call. As far as I know, they bait yeah. him and everything else. It's, well, we can't bait. We can't bait. We can't bait him in California. No, no baiting. But I don't know why a varmint call would be. I, I've never heard that it's not legal. Right. Probably I'll, somewhere in the fine print if you go through well, the. Oh yeah, regulations. Oh yeah, there's exactly. Lots of that you know? you know, you'd be you'd be out there. Oh man, I could just only imagine you'd be out there uh, coyote hunting, and then you get DFG smokes you and goes, "Oh, you got a bear tag in your pocket." Yeah, and you're caught. You know, if it was illegal, you're yeah. calling them in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, it. how about how about gray fox? Yeah, you can call them in with a hand call, yeah. but you can't use an electric call. I know. 
I mean, who comes up with who these comes ideas? Up with you know, typically you're going to get a fox to come in on an electric call anyways. Absolutely. So what... I mean, it's... Uh, it's you know. just the... Uh, or, you get, or you get deer coming in on predator calls. Oh, you can. You get those coming in hard. I was with my friend Teddy Schultz. I mean, I've got like a million stories, but I we were in Rancho Santa Fe, and a friend of ours uh, is a farmer uh, that was farming in Rancho, and he said, hey, the deer are coming into my farm like every night and like wiping out places. And I go, yeah, well, okay, this was 1974. And I'm with a guy named Ted Schultz and me and Teddy go over there and they're right behind his strawberry farms, there was a canyon right behind it. And I had read in Outdoor Life or one of the old, you know, the old time magazines that you could make deer stand up with a varmint call. And I had a varmint call with me for that purpose. And sure enough, we were standing up on like a little rock pile and we we're looking right down below and I go on the varmint call and like four deer stand up like right below us and one of them was a pretty nice buck. And anyway, we, we both shot and there were two holes in the deer. <laughs> oh. So anyway, we got a buck right there. Yeah, Rancho yeah, Santa boom, perfect. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. So it worked. Yeah, I mean, it, absolutely. It literally, they, they stood up and they didn't run. They were curious probably of what, what it was and. Listen, you know, for the listeners, I kind of want to put it into perspective on how uh, San Diego, how much San Diego has grown. Um, Where, how far west is the furthest west you've shot a deer? You know what I mean? Like, I know you used to... It would be Rancho Santa Fe. It would be Rancho Santa Fe. Yeah, and then we got another one where La Costa uh, is now. yeah. The the hills right there uh, in La Costa. Got one there. There's probably still deer there. I know there is around oh, yeah. Discovery Lake. And, oh, yeah, there know, is. San Marcos in there. And there's, you know, there's lions in there as oh, well. Oh, yeah, there's tons. Saw a beautiful buck this year, bass fishing over at Lake Hodges. Right. Um, that's always been a good area. Uh, Black Mountain. Mm-hmm. I used to see one of the most gorgeous. I don't think he ever made it to a 4 by 4 but I, I, I know he was a big 3 by 3 uh, We used to have a place. We used to hunt doves off Black Mountain Road, and we had a code name called... Red Ball, right? Stood for Rancho Bernardo. Oh yeah. And uh, hey, where are you going this evening? We're going to Red Ball, man. Oh yeah. And so we would go over there and shoot doves. There was some county land inside there, and we right. we were on the county land shooting doves. And this buck used to live there on the backside of Black uh, Black Mountain, and we'd go into this. It was kind of like an ecological place where they were growing trees and things, but it was all natural. And he used to go down in there and rub. You know, just like just like right. whitetail do. Mm-hmm. There were trees that were just raw Smoke, from him. Right. Yeah, from him going down in there. And uh, I used to see him all the time. And I actually had a friend uh, try to get him with his bow. Oh, yeah. Because it, it was illegal to be there. And uh, never got him. Never could. No, never got him. But, yeah, there's a lot of you, really nice bucks. I want to say at one point on the forum you had said or even shown pictures of you guys shooting geese in Oceanside. Yeah, we had permission from a number of ranches. Uh, again, the same Japanese friends, the Emotos, that had you know farmed right. all that bottom land uh, down the middle of the San Luis Rey River. Wow. So we, that's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. So we had permission. And the other thing, the place was loaded with pheasant. Um, the story is, and I mean, a bit of a sad story, but when the Japanese were put into internment camps, the, the story goes is that they opened their cages to their birds and pheasants were one of them and that they turned wild right uh, so that would have been in the early 40s and when i moved to san diego in 74 i mean it's like you died and gone to nebraska i mean there were so many pheasant um where walmart is today on college yeah. in 76 yep that was owned by a guy named gagnon and then behind his place he farmed it henry mancini and danny k two famous old hollywood people right um, owned all the land and it was all barley fields look no different than yeah. any place i hunt in canada right and there were honkers that would come in there like you couldn't i mean they'd come in from wayland ranch across the valley and we had permission to hunt all and of you that. guys would just smoke them and we would smoke them oh it man. was it was incredible i do have lots of pictures like where walmart is today there's a little pond right below there and they did make a little park out of it so the pond is still there right but uh see that's all that's all cool history 
of San Diego hunting community has, yeah. you know, like all the old timers that have hunted it and, the, and it's just changed so much, you know, and it's, it's tough. Like, like for example, look at the backside of Palomar right now, right? I live, we're in Temecula, California right now, right? right? The backside of Palomar is in our backyard. Right. Good luck. Good luck. It is so thick, Steve. It, and that, it, well, that's what I mean by fire is good. Um, that, that it gets to a point when the chaparral gets to a point where it's unpenetrable. Right. It is for animals yes, as well. Yes. And it's so it's it's really. It does know. a number on the herd, and the reason why I say that is because you know if there's springs up there and they're active springs they get hit all the time right so they don't necessarily brush over because there's a lot of activity on them whether that be coyotes cougars deer rabbits all of it right it gets beat down but when the surrounding chaparral gets 15 foot and it's impenetrable right the deer herd has no other option but to a move or find refuge somewhere else but in the meantime between them living where they're at and moving, they still have to hit those water holes. Well, then it plays back into the predator factor because then the predators get smart and go, I'm just going to hang on this water hole. So then they, every instead of every 10 days a lion taking a deer, yeah. they're taking a deer every four days because they can. Yeah. It's, you know? We need fire and it's going to happen. And oh, this yeah. This will burn again, mm -hmm. you know, someday. And, and we're, after this last, years rains and i don't know if you've seen the back country the oh, the ground cover oh i mean it's it's this high and and as soon as that mustard plant turns brown yep i mean any spark is gonna it's gonna blow, go and it's gonna go and you know i mean i it's sad when somebody's home gets burnt Absolutely. down or something like that but you know what you build in the back country what do you expect fire zone but right. you're you have to accept some that. that's yeah. the way that's why they don't give anybody insurance back there exactly now. i mean it's it's that's part of the deal you know it's you know? it's such a stark contrast when you look at southern california and then you go like northern california you know like the landscapes and you go oh you know the deer herd should do better in northern california yeah. you know but then everyone forgets not everyone, because everyone knows we have a lion problem. And I know I keep focusing on the lion problem, but Steve, it, it truly is a lot. It is a problem. In Southern California, I believe the deer herd down here is suffering very much so. There's just not a lot of good habitat. Um, it, it, more, it has more to do with habitat. Um, lions have been here forever. They have. And one of the things is when you have crummy habitat, it squeezes everything into these, like you were mentioning, it squeezes them mm -hmm. into these small areas. Then the predators can go crazy. Yeah. Our, our turkey population is probably 25% um, where it was um, five, six years ago. Right. And it was because of the drought and the, and the habitat being shrunk down to a point where certain water holes were, turkeys have to have water every day. Right. And so all these turkeys that were on public land and they had springs or, or most of our turkeys in, in, in somewhere in San Diego County, there's a private property nearby and they can get water. The problem is like this year, the great thing is there's springs and creeks in every canyon. Right. Whereas the last five, six years, turkeys have to take their poults to some open cattle drinker or something of that. Right. And the hawks and the ravens and everybody eats them. They smoke them. And so we get no recruitment. Right. And ground nesting birds, if you go two years without recruitment, you're going to lose them. You will. And, and if we ever lose turkeys in San Diego County, that's, I mean, I, I get on this bandwagon about not shooting uh, fall hens. Mm -hmm. um, and Jake's uh, doesn't really matter that much. I mean, Jake is a tom and it's legal. End of story. But the hens, uh, if you're shooting the hens, I mean... Man, we're already hurting for turkeys. Yeah, yeah. And you just you just lost twelve more chances of having Absolutely. recruitment. So it, it's it's yeah. a numbers game. It really is. I I wish that they would actually take the hen season out of it. Well, when we put turkeys here in '93, there was no fall season in San Diego County. It was the only county in the state that had no fall season, and we were happy as heck about yeah. that. One of the reasons, and John Massey thinks of the one of the main reasons. They put the same amount of turkeys in San Bernardino County. There was a pretty good population of turkeys in, you know, around Big Bear and, and Fawnskin and that area there. And the fall season guys, because they were all put on public land, you know, 
you're quail hunting. Yeah. You know, you can shoot a turkey. You can shoot a turkey. And so you just kept eliminating the, the hens. And then, of course, that year, 94 or somewhere, and they had big snow year. And the turkeys just didn't do well through that snow. The chaparral line that goes around the mountain, it was apparently something that they didn't want to go below. And uh, so we end up losing all of our turkeys. Yeah. It's, that was a big effort to get them in here, too. Yeah, it was a big effort. I mean, like I said, John Massey was the key to all of this. And, and uh, it, we could never do it today. We can't move birds in the state of California. We got sued by the Bug Society and the Plant Society. Oh, wow. So, you, I mean, like places like Cuyameca State Park, they don't like turkeys there. Non-native species. Well, I don't know how far you want to go back, but turkeys were here, you know, in the prehistoric times. Yeah, right. And uh, so... We tried to, actually, John and those guys did trap birds out of there and were taking them to Santa Barbara. And then that's when they got sued. And so now we can't move, you know, like in Northern California, they're all over San Francisco yeah. and Dan, all these areas that have got turkeys. And it, it's so political now. Untouchable. Yeah. It's so political now. Everything's political. You know, it's, it's horrible. It really is horrible. Yeah. And like I said about politics, I mean, I disdain politics. That's like most people do. Hunters by nature are secretive. We don't want to have to talk about this kind of thing. Yeah, right. we're non-confrontational people. Yeah, and we're non-confrontational. I mean, we're secretive. I mean, we just leave us alone and let us hunt and fish. Right, exactly. But you can't bury your head in the sand anymore. You've got to be active and know what's going on exactly. around you because they are very active. Yes, they are. That side of the ledger, those guys are organized and they are active. You know, uh, gosh, I mean, I don't even like to mention Republican, Democrat, but as, as a, a conservative, I should say, yeah. I don't care what you do. Yeah, I, I could give two but shits. why do you care what I do? Exactly. That's the I mean, problem. Why do you try to take away yes. that something was a basically a God-given right? God-given right. Yes, and they're trying to take it away. That's what they do. I don't care what you do. Right. I and mean, that, Steve, that's the most crazy, it's the craziest thing. And I have friends that are way far leaning left, like crazy it's so much so that i'm like how are you even my friend right i mean i don't it, have many of them anymore. And, and, and this is the thing. like they always they always badger me on like why do you want guns why do you want to hunt why do you need to fish like why do you want all this stuff and it's like dude why do you care why do you care what i want none of my guns have ever not one time done anything wrong never not one time steve i hear you and, and they don't want me to have them and it chaps my ass because there's no reason for me not to. I pay my taxes. I'm a law-abiding citizen. You know, I do good in the world. At least I think I am. You know, I'm trying my best. There's no reason why I should be limited on what I should and shouldn't be able to have. It's just part of the narrative now. Um, and I don't know what, you know, we're, we're losing the fight. They start with high school kids, the indoctrination yes. of little kids. Yeah. You know. I watched Bambi when I, you know, Bambi, when I was a little tiny boy, Bambi came out with Disney. I didn't realize it was an anti-hunting thing. I mean, I hunted deer, or my dad did, before I, you know, I've showed you those pictures. Of, I mean, I'm just six years old, and my dad's, you know, I'm standing next to a, his first buck. And I watched Bambi, and I, you know, felt bad and everything like that when, you know, but I was, it never bothered, I mean, it was just part of it's being life. raised, and now this anti thing is just snowballed yeah to a point where it's so hypocritical it's crazy it's it's it's, it's crazy you know what's crazy even crazier like patrick what school did you go to patrick uh Temesco canyon high school in okay Lake Elsinore. and then so then you went to what college uh csu monterey bay totally indoctrinated right i mean he'll tell you about it how it was sure like he he has literally sure. come 180 degrees in yeah. in colleges nowadays do nothing but push the liberal agenda everything is bad everything is but to me it makes no sense we're we're going death by a thousand cuts yeah exactly yeah. I, I, put, I put that on the other day it's a death by a thousand cuts and, that's, and they just keep chipping it but see advice and i truly believe at some point though like a straw is going to break the camel's back. And at that point, what happens? Who knows? We don't know. But let me tell you something. I will be on the winning side. Well, I think that that's why President Trump got elected. I think there was enough people in the country go, you know what? Enough is enough. He's going to go down. I mean, yeah, he's, he's not the nicest guy and, and all of this. And, and Obama tried to, to act like he was a guy you'd go have a beer with. 
And you know, Trump is 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 one thing: America first. Absolutely, and that's all that I care about. That's all I care all about. That too. I care about America first. And you know what? I'll, he may not be in what he did prior in his marriage and all, and. I don't care. I can care less. I don't care. He's not a perfect human. I had a, I had a cousin make comments about him. I said, you know what? Why don't you throw the first stone? Yeah. You know what? You're perfect. I mean, you, you know, you're not perfect. Right. And nobody's perfect. And this guy is not perfect in in a lot of ways. Right. Like any of us in this room. No. Nope. But America first. America and that's, first. You know what? That's good enough that, for me. That's all it is to me is America first. John, we've already... I know. <laughs> I feel like, John, you're waiting to tear yeah. off. Yeah. I don't want to go off too much on the politics just because yeah. it gets me going. Yeah. And, you know, in the backlash that comes back. And I just... I get sick of that crap. Yeah. It is what it is. But that, that was it's getting cool. old. But, it's really you know, I, I don't want to go down and get too yeah. aggravated. And, you know, I'm not saying too much about the hunting stuff. I'm not a big bird hunter. Bird hunting is not my favorite thing to do. I right. Mean, You've I always love, been that way. Yeah. I love killing big game yeah and i'm gonna say i love killing you can call me oh you're not ethical but you know what it is i'm killing it i'm eating it right it's the way you do it it's a lot it's a lot better than the butcher at some uh cattle feedlot flipping a cow upside down cutting his throat and ripping his tongue out i wish these people go out to el centro and and go check it out and look at those feedlots yeah and go yeah yeah this is where your your hamburgers coming from from mcdonald's or whatever and look at how these cows you know what they go through. You know, I, I killed, what, three deer. Patrick was there for every kill. Yeah, every single kill. And it every was, single one I did last year. Yeah. So. As, as a new hunter, it was like such an eye-opening experience to see, hey, I saw this animal in the wild. I saw it get harvested ethically, and I'm eating it the same day. Yeah. Which and reminds me, i got to give you some hamburger still. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 I forgot all about it. Oh, yeah. I was like, I owe him some meat. Pa- Patrick, ate, uh, <laughs> Patrick ate a roast. Off my deer yeah. and some backstrap. Yeah, and then and, and then that Utah deer we cooked it. As soon as we got back, we cooked. Oh yeah, some of that, that. flank. And, and then we brought it to you. Yeah, guys, remember that? I, I was yeah. We were coming down the mountain and they picked us up in the side by side and had some flank had a steak. Plate of, oh, so <laughs> of, uh, tenderloin. It's farm. just the way it's supposed uh, to be. Yeah, uh, exactly. And that's another uh, big thing that a lot of people don't see is hunting is about sharing. Yes, a hunter oh, will give absolutely. everything to the people that he loves and yes. the people in his community. Yep. Uh, and it's just something that a lot of people didn't see. I thought, you know, people hunt because they're greedy because that's what the media says. Like right. people poach for them, you know, they, right. they poach for the trophy, they poach for this or that. But, you know, the 99% of hunters are you guys, you know what I mean? They'll share us, you'll, they'll give you the shirt off their back. They'll give you the best cuts of meat. They'll take the time out of their, their hunting season to make sure that you get a hunting experience. Absolutely. And that's, a, that's something a lot of people miss. A lot, yeah, a lot of people absolutely. miss. Absolutely. Yeah, Patrick. It, Patrick got like probably the best crash course in hunting yes. that you could do Absolutely. for somebody from getting your license yep. to being at all those we we all the kills. Steve, we took we and, took Patrick. He was literally a non-hunter. He got his hunting license, got his tags, and me and John. I sold him his first bow. Yeah, sold him yeah. his first bow. One of my old bows. There there you he go. he cracked shot. He cracked shot yeah. with a bow. You know, I mean, he one, really one did put killer the time bows. in. One yep. of my killer bows. He he put the time in, and uh, we took him in under our wings, and and I devoted a lot of time. John devoted a lot of time to give him the the crash course that I wish every young hunter could have, because the learning curve in San Diego, or just in general, is very tough. It is very tough, and we we literally. Patrick, how many deer opportunities you have? I had a lot. You like had three plus. Three, three yeah. or four deer. You did have an opportunity. I, yeah, I shot on two, and then right. you know Missed nothing one. prepares you for for you know buck that fever. moment. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> is. He he did hit a deer. He shit sticked it, and we gave it our best. And we looked for it. Yeah, it, it's just it's one of those funny, things. But it's it's, funny. it's yeah, it's, 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 it's a, a learning the, experience. It's one of the crummiest feelings it is. He, actually ever. It is, and he was down on it, you know. Oh, and, but and I I can relate to that one. I I for, remember when you guys brought that arrow back, and oh, I could man. tell something. I knew up. it. We got back to camp. I and knew it. He was down, and he was downplaying it. And I'm like, well, let me see the arrow, and it's I couldn't the whole break arrow it to was like coated, but I I rubbed it, and it like. All the stuff started flaking off on the site, and then I did pink. the old, I did the old, and it was kind of pink and clear. I did the yeah. old. Oh, you shit stick! Man. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Steve, I, I couldn't break it to him because he was like so heartbroken. Because I I didn't see was, the I was, was videoing nice. it, and was and, and, and I was nice. so I videoed it, and, well, and yeah, it's like, all right. Bam! In the the blood the blood trail dried up real quick. 
50, 50 yards. It was gone. It was you the know? highest of highs to yeah. the lowest of and, lows. And I couldn't, oh. I couldn't break it to him, Steve. Yeah, oh, I know. I couldn't tell him, dude, you just... So I, I did everything. I was on hands and I gave it an effort. You never know. You know, you could have nicked some liver and bleeds in the cavity, you know, oh, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. so I gave it my all. I tried to find it. Yeah. You know, that's all you can do. You couldn't do it. Happens to everybody. I everybody. can tell you that. And that's what nice. I told you. Remember on that podcast, the yeah. gut wrenching experience. We talked about it. Yeah. It just it just happens. And I mean, I don't care how good you are. Yeah, it happens, it to, happens everybody. to everybody. Yeah. Everybody. You don't like it to be your first one. Yeah, definitely. Happened right. to all my first one. Oh, yeah. And, you know what? We found it, and the neighbor wouldn't give us the deer. Whoa. Yeah, we had, ran into a private property. Oh, with people were bad dudes, and they found it. Were you with your old man? No, no. My dad hasn't ever hunted bows or anything. My dad has, My dad's 91. He hasn't hunted for, well, doves and, and squirrels. and Right, right. But right. Uh, no, I was with uh, by myself, and then went back with Josh and Gin. And we took dogs, and, and uh, anyway, make a long story short, uh, the neighbor come walking up and had an antler in his hand, and it was a busted-off antler, and there was a lot of rock down in this lower part of the property, and I said, oh, you found it? And he goes, no, it's like that. And I go, oh, all right. Well, do you mind if we go down there and look? No, your your time's up or something of that nature. And, oh. and uh, anyway, a couple of days later, the, the landowner that I'm on that I had permission from right said that he told the neighbor he had found it and didn't want me to have it. Oh, that's horrible. That's such a waste. It pretty much and it, sucks. It, and it's not your fault. Yeah. It's that guy's fault. Because I'm pretty like... sure that this guy didn't use it either. I mean, didn't. Oh, yeah. He yeah, had no yeah, idea. Old, old McCain gave me a story about that one time in Valley Center. Oh, he really? Killed, they, they killed the deer and it died on the lady's property. And they called Fish and Game because the lady wouldn't let him on the property. And... The, and wouldn't even let fish and game remove it. No, nope. that's horrible. They, they, so they it, it rotted. It's rotted. totally up to them uh-huh. to uh, allow you. I mean, a lot of people think that you can go anywhere to recover game. Yeah, and you can't. And it's can't. And I'll tell you, why, I don't know any other state that allows it either. You've no, got to have permission from the landowner. The only, the only thing that I will say about that is if you know where you're at and you know the laws, and if it is exactly the way it needs to be and i don't know if i want to necessarily bring it up but at that point you can go get it as far as regulation it, it is a and i'm not going to sit here and tell you i've never recovered something yeah. that was on somebody's property i mean I, I i just feel that you know what this is the way it is you 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 get me for doing something that i think is actually what i'm doing is ethical ethical if somebody lives right there in the house, I'm going to ask them Absolutely. in the house. But a lot of the properties, nobody lives. I mean, right. there's nobody to like knock on their door and ask. And that's one of the that's what the issue I had with right. this whole thing is that. Well, it, again, it's a long story, but uh, there was nobody living on this. Right. It's like 600 acres, yeah. and there was nobody there. Yeah. I mean, it just it's a it's a crock of ass. Yeah, it's what it is. It well, sucks. Especially if, you know, if they're cultivated, roasted, right. or fenced. Okay, we recommend getting permission first, though. Yeah. Well, you should always try <laughs> to get permission. You know, the, in in the regulations, it says if the property you're on does not belong to you, it belongs to somebody else. Absolutely, that is true. BLM, CNF, wildlife areas, they belong to. All of us yes, in this room. Yep. Yes. They all belonged to us. So I know that I can be here because it belongs to me. I used to have this running <laughs> thing with VID, Vista Irrigation right, District. Right, right. They had much of their land not posted legally. Yep, yep. And so I had this ongoing thing that I would hunt land, and I knew it was my land. Right. I mean, I knew it was public. And they, I mean, they called me everything but a white child, you know. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, it... Be, because I would, hey, you don't have it posted legally, or and the law also reads all exterior boundaries. Yeah. Well, they had like signage on. I'm just going to use Highway 76, but the backside of that had no signage. Right. So what am I supposed to know? There's a line in the dirt here. Exactly. There was no Onyx maps in those days right. or any of that. Just where, hey, buddy, listen. This is how do I know, Steve? This is the deal. If for whatever reason I ever come up on. 300 acres or some large parcel of land if i don't want people on it i have to post every right. exterior boundary yeah. yeah it's three to the mile three signs to the is mile. is that what it is three yeah. signs to the mile three signs to the mile 
fenced or cultivated. There you go. And, uh, you know, we could get into the IV where it's cultivated, mm -hmm. but yet you can still hunt there. Yeah, that, it, it's a different ball game down there. It is a different ball game, and that's where people have to be careful as well. Um, as a fishing game commissioner in San Diego, a number of years back, they tried to pass a county ordinance just like Imperial County has, and people don't realize that in Imperial County, there's an ordinance that says you can't shoot within 50 yards of any named county road. Well, crap. I mean, dove hunters are all over that. Yeah. Lots of dirt roads have yeah, got totally. a name on them, you know, and it says paved or not. So, legally. Now, fishing game, uh, fishing wildlife out there is pretty lenient on that. And I, I mean, it might have happened someplace, but it, uh, for the most part, it's really lenient. But they tried to pass a law in San Diego County where you couldn't shoot within one mile of a named road. Well, you tell me where you're yeah. going to hunt in San Diego well, County. There's literally nowhere. There's there'd nowhere. Be, there'd literally be nowhere. There's nowhere. Yeah. And so, really stupid. But, it you know, they tried to, they tried it. Tried to get it in there. That's part of that death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, that's, that's it. So, I mean, that's why, you know, we you know. watched that closely you know i kind of want to change it up just a tad bit i uh you know so i've kind of heard this over the years right um have you ever heard this it's it's maybe a folklore tale like but someone brought in some so it's going to tie back into the forky gene this is funny because i ran this morning and i was thinking about that and, and this is kind of <laughs> what i i want to know like maybe you have some insight right here. someone brought some but mule deer I thought about it logically. I said, for somebody to do that, they'd have to have a number of them for it to actually work. I don't know. Say if they brought 15. Well, what about Bucks. the disease, though, too? Well, I mean, yeah, but... How it, many of them so what are we, so, so what are so we the, talking about? Somebody brought Rocky Yeah, Mountain, get to the story. Rocky Mountain Mule Deer. Straight out of the Kaibab. They did. They did. Let's hear yeah, it. Absolutely. The, the word is from the old ranchers, and that's when I first moved here, I heard this, um, and I've heard it ever since. Um, guys, that, people that were raised in the Hinshaw area, Mendenhalls, different families, um, I think it was in the 20s, that they brought in Kayabab deer. Uh, are, are you familiar that the deer that were on um, Santa Cruz Islands, and it, there was one of the islands out there, that was had these monstrous elk and monstrous muleys. Wasn't that Catalina? Yeah. No. Yeah, was, well, Catalina's got natural deer. Oh, the, they do. Okay. Deer had they had just the Southern Pacifics like we do. It's the Santa Cruz Islands, or or God, I'm, I'm forgetting what the name of the islands are that set up off of Santa Cruz. And anyway, they just went in there and killed them all. San Pedro Island, I think. Mm, eh, Isn't no, that what it is? No, nope. I I would recognize it, but anyway, those were pure strain Kayabab elk and deer that were, were up in there and monstrosity bucks and Feinstein or one of them, you know, non-native species to the island and they were disrupting some, probably some toad or a lizard right, or something. Right. And they've gone in there literally and I think killed them all. When when did this happen? In the last few years. Oh, it happened in the last few years. So, But the point of that story was those deer were brought from the Kayabab onto the island. Right. They the word is uh, to the old ranchers and guys that they brought Kayabab deer into uh, the Wahida Ranch mm -hmm. above Lake Wolford. Yep, and the other place was Cuyamaca State Park. Right, I believe it. And I don't know if any of you've been to Cuyamaca State yep. Park, but there are some tremendous Bucks. wide four by four. Mm -hmm. The four by four gene is not really very natural. At least I've never yeah. seen it. Um, if you saw the one buck I posted, uh, it's in a hangar. It's at Specialty Meats. Right. I mean, he is, I mean, his bases are like this and he is wide. He's like 26 and a half or 27 inches wide. Monstrous buck. That was killed by an old buddy of mine that was the, uh, Mitch Perdue, who was on the, he was the biologist on the Wahida. And he's the one that used to tell me this all the time. I, I glassed this one up on Cal or on uh Queen Mac State Park. Yeah. That's it right there. Look how wide that thing yeah. is. Yeah. He's 23 or so. Yeah. Wider than his ears. ears. With a kicker. Yeah. So that gene, if it was put in here, let's just say 80 years ago or, or more, it's been, you know, right. watered down a lot. But I'll tell you what, that buck that Josh shot up in, in Pine Hills, Pine Hills is a, a walk in the park from Queen yep. Mecca State yes, Park to where Josh was. Maybe you can explain the, the types, like 
the, that's the last one I got. That was on the 28th, and it's more yeah. of that, I guess, black taily. Yeah, curved, it's a Southern curved, Pacific. Yeah, curved in, curvy, forky. Yeah, yeah right. it's yeah. not really. A lot of them don't have eye guards. Right. Um, but he's, I mean, he's a oh, two. He's heavy. Oh, he's, oh, he's, oh, he's, he's huge. He was yeah. big. He, yeah. he was a mature buck. That was oh, a good buck right a, there. See, yeah. that's your basic, full-blown, mature buck in San Diego County. Right. Yeah. If you guys want to see it, the listeners want to see that picture, go ahead and get on JP Outdoors, Instagram, yeah, at on, JP yeah, Outdoors. Yeah, you can scroll through my yeah. crap. It's, it's in yeah, there. I can show you lots of bucks that are in but, that same gene pool. You know, they don't come out like the... Sorry, I can stay over here. Like like a regular mule deer comes up and then out. These guys curve but, up, and I call them basket heads. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of basket Because it looks like you can yeah. stick a basketball, and they can yeah. hold it. That's yeah. what they look like. Yeah. And they're weird looking. Stephanie shot one. Uh, my daughter shot a buck a couple years ago that looks just like this buck. It's that same. It, it had three. It was a three-point head. But I had watched that buck. I mean, the beauty of trail cams, which I, right. I think is one of the greatest inventions Ever. I think every hunter should have them uh, out there. It's so exciting going to, you know, unless you've done it, it is the coolest thing putting right. cameras up and, you know, the excitement of looking at them at home. I put them on a laptop and, wow, mountain lion or, oh, here's yeah. a buck. Here's a buck in our area. Yeah. Anyway, I had seen this same buck. He was kind of really distinct and I'd watched him for like three years. And we don't shoot, you know, most of the time we don't shoot any of the little forkies. Once the forkies get outside the rears or a mature buck like that, if you're going to get the three by three gene in there, then you've got to eliminate these forkies. You have to. Uh, we had these little, uh, well, they're not little, they were big bucks, but real narrow. And we, and we used to call them hat racks too because they were just narrow but super tall. Yeah. But they would just, and I'd watch them every year. They'd start like this and then like this and then like this. And they just kept getting more points. And uh, so we were trying to eliminate those. And a couple years ago, Tanner, one of the kids that I've been taking since he was a little guy, we had this buck, a dominant old buck, that had basically a big, long spike on one side and barely little, you could hang rings on him, right. little points on the opposite side. And I wanted that buck out of there because no buck would fight him. No, he'd kill him. he I mean, in the fights, because I mean, we have a, we're in a buck rich area, yeah. and they fight a lot. I mean, we, I mean, they just fight a lot, and nobody would mess with this guy, and so we got him out of there, and, and we didn't right. want that gene in Rightfully there anyway. So. And he, gosh, he was like a five or six year old buck, so he was an old guy. But it, it, and think about how many does he bred, though. Yeah, and that's the problem. Yeah, yeah and that gene well, gets. Like where we hunt, it's full of those. Bikes. Yes, they're yeah. All that bit. They're, they're big. all. There's a couple three buys in there, but yeah. like on one side, but they're all tall. They're all tall forkies. Yeah, you I've, know. Had, I've had people tell me a lot that you know, no, if you just let them grow, they'll eventually become no, a four by that's four. That's wrong. Yeah, no, they don't understand. Negatory <laughs> genetics. It's negatory, buddy. It's it won't gonna happen. Be a forky all of his life. That, guy, I mean, that last one that we got. Yes. That yes. has no tits on. Nothing. No. Going. And no. you know what? That deer right there was every bit of four years old. That was a big, mature deer. He was on a hot doe on December 28th still. Hey, real quick, so, real quick about, about hot does. Yeah. This, How this, often? This past season seemed like... Steve, Steve is a... I, I want to say Steve says this numerous times. You say the deer rut here three times. They, is that something they, that you they, say? They, they, three months. Three, three months. months. Okay. So yeah. that would play Long into what rut. we saw this, exactly. last, this past season. Exactly. And my thing is, Steve, so check this out. October all the way... Through December. December. This is how, this is my analogy on it. All these does go into cycle at the same time. So all the does that don't get bred or don't get knocked up on the first go around go into heat in November. Those ones don't get knocked up. They go into heat in December. I think they breed that because if you look at trail cameras, you don't get bucks chasing does on every doe um, throughout the three months. It's not that way. You get select does that are getting chased throughout the three months. So what that tells me is these specific does are in heat, right? So in October is typically for us, the end of October is when these bucks are starting to push hard, like they're pushing hard. Then November, end of November, it's not, not the mid of November, it's end of November, they start pushing hard. And then the end of December, they push hard. Not the beginning of December, yeah. but the end. It's really weird. The, the, the does, just like turkeys, some do, the, the dominant old does, are historically bred first. Okay. Just like turkeys. The Makes old sense. hens are bred first. There's a pecking order. Right. The turkeys, just like they're probably they are deer. I've watched does fight. And so that tells me that I, I think that, in a, you know, uh, it, it, 
Yeah. Yeah. It tells me that they are going to get bred first because they right. want the you know the lesser does out of the way. Um, the fawning season historically for San Diego County is June, but like I told you earlier, I've seen spotted fawns in October. Well, and it goes along with our little baby yeah, does that we saw. So, so small. that means that that doe wasn't bred until late December, right. maybe January. Maybe even January. And here she is having does and or spotted fawns in October. Right. She was bred really late. I think they just come into estrogen at a different times, just like most animals do. They they. And that's nature's way right. of keeping the species going. If they all came in at the same time and there weren't enough bucks, possibly, although one buck can breed many. I mean, you go to the Sierras, right. you'll see 50 does and one buck. One buck. Yeah. So, but our deer, again, more like whitetail, you know, they live in specific areas. Right. They, I think they just kind of stagger their breeding times. I have a great trail cam pick of three bucks. Two of them are head to head. This is January something, late in January. Two bucks head-to-head with a third buck coming in sideways on those yeah. bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the great trail cam picks I've ever gotten. That's amazing. And here they are butting heads and fighting in January. I saw, I saw that. I was telling John, we actually walked water into our campsite uh, a couple weeks ago. And on our way out, I said, me and my buddy Matt, he's a guide out of uh, Idaho. Um, we Back in the day when we first started hunting, we were glass in a valley, right? And I watched, so did Matt, two bucks fight. And it was rifle season. They were fighting. And a third buck came up, boom, hit it on the side, knocked it over, and started to fight with the other buck. Yeah. Like, that's how, that's yeah. what, and I was like, whoa, oh, yeah. I've never seen that before. Yeah, that's that's a buck-rich area. That's yeah. That's the places you like to yeah, find. That's, I mean, uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's. And then that same spot, when I, I took a little journey, and I went and I found one doe and five of these big bucks just, this, they were like literally just doing figure eight with this dough. They were all going in circles like it was some kind of ritual. Yeah, it, it, it was, it it's tough crazy. to find areas like that. Those are few and far between, but they're out there. But we we hike our asses off to get in there. You take it and just keep it tight to the vest. Yep, man. Yeah, we I don't mean, we don't say do. a thing. I mean, that's what I, I put. The, you know, I don't know if you've read that ethics and things that yep. I put on the uh, on the forum. forum. Yeah, it, it's 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 a hunter's code. Somebody takes me to a spot, I never go back to that spot unless the person says right. it's okay. To, hey, it, it, we go to him. He goes, hey, you can you can go here anytime. Other than that, you never go back. It's a hunter's code. You never you go, go back. back to a person's spot. Right? You don't. Uh, I mean, you don't take your buddy. You don't. It's it, it happens all the time. It and, does. And you lose friendships. You over do it. absolutely. I've lost you do. friendships over guys going you know, to places. I'm pretty generous and. Boy, one of the things, hey, I don't mind taking you, right? but don't be coming back here I've, uh, without me. I've uh, I've actually contemplated on not talking to a guy I know because I have taken him somewhere, and he's never taken me anywhere. I've actually, and, and that's kind of and, goes and both and that's ways. that's one of the things I put in there. If somebody is good enough to show you spots, then you should at you least the, attempt yes. to, um, and, and it doesn't have to be, I mean, hey, you can go to San Felipe Wildlife yeah. Area. I mean, that is a huge area that, yes. I mean, you could hunt that place for the next 10 years and mm -hmm. probably not hunt at all. Hey, go with him someplace. Yeah. And you guys may, I showed uh, my son-in-law and another kid, uh, well, I told him about a spring that I knew of up on the side of the hill. And they went in there and sure enough, they, they shot a really nice buck yeah. there. I mean, that's a public spot. And them going back, I mean, well, especially Jacob, but I mean, the other kid, hey, it's a public spot. Get after it. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any problem with that. I mean, if you're, if, as long as it's not your honey hole, you know. One of the problems, like private, I've taken a lot of people to private places and, you know, don't go back and start knocking all the no. doors of the neighbors going, no. hey, you mind if I hunt? Right. And you're literally across the street from where I just took you. Right. I mean, that's just kind of a circumventing That's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Get your and own private. You know what you're doing. Yeah, so. you know exactly. And we're fortunate that the people that we've taken there, either they don't go back in there or ask us to go back right. in there yeah or it's only guys that we we hunt with yeah well one because it's a pain in the ass to get out there yeah it's like, not <laughs> that helps too you can't I, you know, like yeah. steve you can't just roll up and hop out your truck and yeah. go it's a it's literally yeah. a two-day adventure yeah, it, it's, you backpack hey, in i i dread the drive i i am pretty yeah I'm i honestly dread the drive. I, I am pretty sure you guys are pretty appreciative of when you get a buck in Absolutely. there what you go through in the whole Yes. The whole scenario mm -hmm. of the whole thing is just pretty awesome. It is. You know what? I found joy. I, I found joy last year uh, 
mentoring Patrick. Because I've been at it for a while. The older you get, the more it, joy it, you get out of it. It was cool. Trust me. You know? I, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to get my... Well, it's not working out with my kids as much, but because my oldest kid, he's transitioning into the sheriff's department too, so he doesn't have a lot of time. Right. And then my middle kid is... He's all over the place, you know, girlfriends and stuff like that. And, you know, all my kids bow hunt, so, but, you know, but, so I got these guys. I've heard so. that story before, and I'll tell you what, all you can do, um, my daughter. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I just my, tell them I'm available. Yeah, so. my daughter was raised <laughs> in a hardcore hunting and fishing family, never wanted to do it. And she met Jacob, her husband, and they come over. I have a big Super Bowl party every year, and, and it's all wild game. And, um, their first date, I think it was actually, and he comes over to my house and he had just got into hunting in November with his dad and they never hunted before. And he walks into my house and goes, wow, your dad is like into hunting, isn't he? She goes, well, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and, uh, and so it's been a great relationship ever since. And. We've talked about it. Stephanie never wanted... She went with me everywhere as a little girl because she had no choice um, because I pretty much raised her. And at 24, Jacob was just getting into hunting. And so that next turkey season, she goes, you know, Dad, I'd like to... I think I'd like to go and learn to shoot. And, you know, I... Jacob wants to go. And that's kind of how it started. 24 years before she... And that's what I'm telling you that you know don't give up. Right. You you they may pick it up, who knows when, right. but it'll be worth it when they do. Yeah. And um, all you can do is introduce them. Oh yeah. They introduce them. Just, but you know, girls got in the way. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's just young hey, life though. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know? I mean, hey, when I was in high school, in, 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 when I was playing baseball and in college, did I hunt as much as I do today? No, not right. even not even close. Did I ever give it up to completely? No, but. There were times when I got married. Hey, bud, uh, you know you have to make a decision. Sometimes you just can't go as much. Right, right. And uh, you know, being a single dad and father at forty or forty-one, it was a rude awakening. Uh, yeah, but you've got responsibilities, and you got to take care of those first. And you find time. Right, you right. You find time. You get extra time. And you've got to be pretty dedicated. Right. Been pretty fortunate that my wife puts up with. Yeah. She's dreading because she knows what's going to happen here in the next two months. Yeah. <laughs> five, I'm going to be five months and. Yeah, exactly. There's five months of we do what we want, you know. Yeah. It's. Well. By the time it rolls around to January, she's pretty. She's pretty tired of. I it. used to say so. that all the time. Hey, you knew right. before you yeah. met me how much I hunt and fish. Yeah. I mean, so now you're complaining. You know, there's a happy medium. There is. Anything you do to excess can be an issue. So this is the thing, like with me, Steve, uh, I don't have kids, right? But me and my chick, yeah. I she pretty much gets me for seven months of the year. Hey. When he says chick, he means wife. Yeah. Plus, plus us local hunters where we're hunting locally. Right. Hey, I'm only, I leave it in the morning early and I, but I'm back in the afternoon, you know, normally in the afternoon or exactly. evening. And so, uh, you know. That's, uh it's it, it it it's a it's a happy medium you, you know it's got to be a happy medium or it's not going to work it, right I, exactly trust me that's that, exactly that's, what happens that's the case hey here so. here that's the dog again i, I love dogs look at you she, buddy she's uh speaking of dogs she's my bird dog steve you've you've posted I pictures have. and i'll tell you what it goes to show it drives me crazy and fred i love you up at high on kennels oh, yeah. and steve rainey i love you up at rainy ranch you know what? I breed with friends, and we get labs. We normally just interchange them amongst right. each other for free. And they're not field champions, and they're not all this. But I'll tell you what. You'd be hard-pressed to find a, a lab that retrieves better than Trigger. Oh, yeah. And dogs like this, you can train, and people, unless he's got this high-end breeding, and right. you pay $5,000 for it, oh, he can't hunt. You know what, bud? Uh, <laughs> they do hunt, and yeah, absolutely. all I care about is I shoot here, mm-hmm. and he goes out yeah. there and gets it and brings it yeah. back to me. Yeah. And what else do you want? What else do you want? Yeah. Well, no, they want they want to whistle and go yeah. left and right. And, you know, and I'm not knocking them. Hey, I'm gl- I'm, I'm glad that they love their dogs and they love their dogs as much as we love our dogs. 
But I'm just saying, you don't need to go through all of that nope. to have a retriever or a hunting dog. Nope. I mean, my best dog I ever owned for Chucker and Pheasant was a beagle that was even, well, he wasn't even full-blooded beagle. He was kind of like a yellow lab, but he looked like a beagle. And Mike the dog, and I'll tell you what, no dog retrieved or got more Chucker than that guy. I'm telling you, it was this awesome. dog, paid I paid 100 bucks for her. She's a rescue. Got her when she was four or six months old. I trained her on a tennis ball, literally a tennis That's ball. That's a start. Worked yeah. with her. Ah, she's rusty now. She didn't get a lot of work last season just because we were hunting quite a bit for big game. But um, she's she's hand signal trained. But but she picked it up on her own. Like it was it wasn't you know you pretty much I'm a firm believer that if a dog wants to hunt, it's going to pick it up. Yeah. It's going to see it. And, she's and probably part lab. I oh mean, yeah. She, that, so this is what it is. That this that what gene in her. She's a lab pit bull. Yeah, I can and, see the pit bull. Oh, yeah. And it, you know what the worst thing about so there's a lot I of I thought she was a German short hair. Well, that's what they told me when I bought her. They <laughs> said she's a lab German short GSP. That's what they said. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have guessed that. Well, when she was a, listen, when she was a puppy, she looked like a GSP. Oh, maybe she did. Yeah, and, yeah, and, there and, you, you go. You know that's that whole rescue yeah. thing you tell them oh, what what oh, it's yeah. not everything but a pit bull, right? Yeah. But she's full-blown lab pit. Yeah. I was at Worcester one time and I had a guy roll up to my truck and say, "Get that pit bull out of here." Really? told me that i was like hey man hey whatever man it's my bird dog you know i didn't want no confrontation but he full-blown told me get that pit bull out of here there's a lot of uh a lot of uh discrimination on dogs oh the the, the duck hunters that i know like if it's not a black lab or a, or a lab or a chesapeake or a purebred gsp like it's not a versatile dog like oh get that s out of the wood get it out of the way man if your dog likes to hunt it's gonna hunt with you and let me tell you something. I'd much rather be in a field with a dog that is decent than myself. Yeah. Well, it's like what Steve says. You shoot it, it goes and gets it, and brings it back. Right. What else more? What more do you want? And that's all this dog There's wants to do. There's an old saying that any dog's better than no dog. It's true. Yeah. And when when it comes to hunting, waterfowling's a little different. Yeah. But uh, like I said, Mike was a mutt, and he was just the uh, he barked at three kinds of birds. Chucker, quail, and pheasant. That's awesome. And he would get into, like, when the San Joaquin Valley was just awesome. You think we've lost habitat and things here. Go up there and look at the almond groves oh, that yeah. go from one end of the valley to the other yeah. end of the valley. That used to all be cotton and crops and pheasant were just, the pheasant hunting in California was as good as any other state. See? And it's all gone. All gone. It is all gone. And again, non-native species, so they could care less yeah. the the. the the greenies could care less. But Mike would get into these tule groves and things, and I, I'd send him in there, and he'd start, you know, he's a short, you know, it looked like a beagle. And he'd right. just go in there, and he'd start barking. I go, okay. Yeah, we got on. birds in there. There's yeah. birds in there, man. Get ready. Get ready. And, yeah, and, he, and they start flushing, you know, straight up out of the tulies. And uh, me and my cousin bam, bam, were bam. reminiscing the other day about Mike, and gosh, it, he was such a classic dog. And chucker uh, hunting, which, you know, you're hunting stuff that's angled like yeah. this, and I'd shoot a bird and go way down, and he'd get it. And and if you didn't get to Mike quickly, he would bury it. Oh, whoa. Oh, he'd find everything. Yeah. He wasn't a retriever. Right, you right. had to you had to get him. You had to get to where he'd find them all. Great. But he would bury the bird if yeah. you left him too long. I mean, he hunted for Mike. Right, right. He could care less. He could care less doing about the shooting. The shooting. Buddy. It was just about Mike. And, That's awesome. And uh, yeah, he. God, what a great dog. Yeah, that's a good just, dog. And then, of course, it was the heyday of chucker hunting too. You know, there was chucker as far south as Victorville, and everywhere like, for an hour and fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, we could be chuck, hunting chucker from San Diego. Right. 